Welcome to Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams so that you have the courage to live your best life. I'm Rebecca Mullen, a relationship coach living in Western Colorado, and today we're going to talk about the subject of grief and how grief might be impacting your relationship. We'll look at a couple of tools to deal with grief in a concrete way, and we'll talk about the kinds of grief that might impact your relationship. I'll also give you a date night discussion to help you frame up a discussion about how you're grieving or how your sweetheart might be grieving. This year, I'm trying something new and trying to do some seasons of the podcast. And the first season that we're putting together some shows have to do with the subject of grief. One of the things I ask people when they're coaching with me is if they're grieving anything. And you might be grieving the loss of a person, someone who died, or a pet who died. But you also can grieve for a lost job, or a lost opportunity, or even a lost dream. Grief is just one of those things that is part of living as a human being, because everything doesn't go according to plan in life. And how we grieve is critical to how we love. When you're mean to yourself when you're grieving, for example, if you're grieving the loss of a pet and you give yourself 24 hours and then you say, well, I should be over it by now, it's not very kind. (laughs) Grief takes time. And when we don't give ourselves the time that we need to grieve, then our love and our patience and our ability to be kind, all those things change. They lessen. Our love gets tighter. Our patience gets thinner. Our demands in life get more controlling. So one of the reasons I really like to focus on how we grieve is that it's a central tenet to how we love. The grief essentially is the loss of something that we wanted, something that we loved. And being able to have a light relationship with love where we can let things go without resisting the circumstance that's in front of us, that sets us up for bringing that kind of light touch, that loving kindness into our most intimate relationships. When you're gentle with your own grief, you're much more gentle with your sweetheart's grief. So this season, we'll take a look at several kinds of specific losses. We'll have a guest who talks about the loss of a spouse and the loss of parents what happens in a relationship when your parents die. And we'll talk about the loss of a child and what grief looks like for a relationship in that situation. So just to set the stage before 
these episodes come out, I wanted to offer you a couple of the tools that I offer if you were a client in my practice. The first one I call a grief sandbox. Grief is very wordless. In order to process grief in your body, there's a lot of things that your body needs to do that doesn't have to do with words. Sometimes when you're grieving, you you might feel frustrated because you, you're just like, I, I don't know what's wrong. My skin just doesn't feel right on my body and I feel agitated or I feel angry. But you don't necessarily have the words. And that's what grief feels like. And so I recommend to my clients who are grieving that they get a grief sandbox. And you can create your own grief sandbox. I like to buy just a glass bowl and fill it with rice or beans or most preferably a whole conglomeration of sizes of beans and grains of rice. And when you mix all those textures together... there's just this part of you that wants to like plunge your hands into the grief sandbox and just lift and sort just like you were a kid playing in the sand but you do it with these various sizes of beans and just those tiny little sounds of the beans moving against each other and the feel of the beans going back and forth in your hands there is a soothing quality for your body as you allow feelings of grief to bubble up. The other thing I like to do with the grief sandbox is to bring little tokens, little altered spaces, little things that the person I've lost or the animal I've lost, little things that were precious and put them in the grief sandbox. And and just being able to have a place to collect things and place things and bury those things into the beans. I'll tell you how I used this. After my brother died, I was walking along the Pacific Ocean coast. And I would bend down and pick up a rock and hold it in my hand. And then I'd take a few steps and feel the whoosh of a few waves come and hit my feet. And then I'd let the rock drop. And then a few steps later, I'd see another rock and I'd pick it up and I'd hold it in my hand. And the whoosh of the waves would come and bury my foot in the sand. And I'd take a few more steps and let the rock drop. There, was, there wasn't any rhyme or reason to the pattern. It was just having that time of letting my body feel the loss. Because grief needs to be felt. When I would come home, back to the place where I was staying from those walks along the ocean. I would take a couple of those rocks I had picked up and I'd put them in this grief sandbox, burying the rock over and over in those beans. And it's just that rhythm of having something your body is busy with while your mind is free to roam 
that allows grief to process through your body. So that's one tool, the grief sandbox. The next tool I want to describe is a grief pillow. And this was several years after my brother had died. And I was laying on my couch. Um, My husband, who works in the emergency room and is often gone for special holidays, one particular year after a lot of these losses that I had experienced, I asked my husband if we could do something special for my birthday. And that's not a common request for me. So the fact that I had asked was kind of a big deal. And he was all on board. He was ready to make a big deal out of my birthday. And then an emergency called him away. So I found myself all alone because we had shipped the kids out to spend the night so that we could have this special celebration. So I was alone. Instead of doing something special with my husband, I was alone on the couch at night, and I was feeling sorry for myself. And everything I was grieving was bubbling up. I was grieving times that we'd missed holidays because of my husband's job. And I was grieving the loss of our dog. And I was grieving the loss of my mother and my brother. And all these griefs came to a head. And I began to feel panicked. I was having a hard time getting my breath. I was shaking And I was by myself. And I laid down on the couch and remembered a grief pillow that a friend had given me. You can make a grief pillow at your house by simply filling a pillowcase with grains of rice or some some kind of heavy grain that moves a little bit. But you want your grief pillow to be heavy. Because what happens is their grief has this weight to it. It just makes your body feel like concrete. And when you lay a really heavy pillow on your heart, it acts as a counterbalance for that heaviness of grief inside your body. So that's what I did on this one particular night. And I laid that grief pillow on my heart and just let the tears fall and felt the weight of that grief pillow lifting or absorbing the grief out of my heart. One of the things we'll talk about this season is why you can't get it wrong when someone you know is grieving. That grief... Grief has as many expressions as there are humans who feel grief. There is no wrong way to grieve. What's important with grief is that you listen to your body and listen to what it is your body needs and to not judge. Not to judge yourself and not to judge other people about the way that they grieve. One of the things that I want to encourage each of us, myself included, to do is to remember that grief looks like all different kinds of things. Sometimes grief is wearing tears and it's easily recognizable, but sometimes grief is wearing anger and grief shoves people away and grief has outbursts and grief is despondent and grief 
says, oh, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And so being able to trust ourselves when we can sense that ourselves or someone we love is grieving is to just come and sit beside them. Grief often, not always, but often just wants company. Grief doesn't need to be fixed or solved. Grief just wants companionship. So the habit for your happily ever after this week is to think about a grief tool that might help you. Maybe you'd like to create a grief sandbox. Maybe you're not even grieving anything all that potent, but the idea of putting your hands into a bowl of differently shaped beans and feeling the soothing of all those textures on your hands just sounds delightful. I invite you to have fun with your sweetheart, to go to the grocery store together and choose a bunch of beans, choose a container, and create your sandbox together. Maybe allow yourselves to put your two hands into that bowl of beans you've poured together and just be quiet as you pour beans back and forth, back and forth. Or maybe you want to create a grief pillow so that those times when you just come home and you're feeling out of sorts, you've got that heaviness of that pillow, the weight of promise that grief doesn't have to stay locked in your body. It can be absorbed and let go. This week's date night discussion is to talk about grief with your sweetheart. What is it that you might be grieving? Sometimes just being able to frame a normal pain in your life through the lens of what is it I'm grieving? What is the loss I'm feeling when I notice that I'm out of sorts? Sometimes it helps just to have that reframe. Or it might be that you've had a significant loss in your life lately and being able to Open the discussion with your sweetheart by saying, can I just have some time to talk about how much I miss my mother or how much I miss my dog? As a friend in your relationship, remember that friends are about understanding and giving your sweetheart room to express themselves listening intently. That's it for today. I'm Rebecca Mullen, and this has been Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're better able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams so you can have the courage to live your best life. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd be grateful if you'd send a link to your friend. Habits for Your Happily Ever After is produced by Grace Smith. 
All our music and sound comes from Walk West Productions. I'm Rebecca Mullen. Thanks for including me in your relationship today.